thank you so much, Brian, for, for joining me today. Excited to talk about your journey and excited to talk about what you're building. I think it's, it's super interesting. And uh, I always like to talk about the individual's journey before they kind of get to where they are now. So talk a little bit about why you wanted to start Beringi and, and why get into the global fashion industry and try to get into sustainability there. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone would ever accuse me of being a fashion mogul. That's not where I come from. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, for for 19 years, I was in uh, technology sales, technology medical sales, and and a number of other areas. Because I, uh, most of my career, I've been in startups. I realized that I really wanted to start my own company at some point. So I, I'd been involved mm-hmm. in seven different very successful startups and realized at one point that I needed to do something different. And essentially before I got into sales, I was at a uh, large consulting organization. One of the things I got very, very interested in. So essentially what I did was I built up uh, a number of different ideas into a business model, taking you know cues from other uh, business to consumer uh, companies and said, all right, what if I combine all these things? I think we would have a really, really significant uh, efficiency model based on uh, or efficiency for uh, for business model. After I got that done, I had to find an industry and everything yeah. that I kept going back to was really, you know, fashion. Fashion is uh, one of the number one contributors to global pollution, uh, to birth defects uh, due to groundwater, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. It's it's a fashion thing. And, uh, I, and also really the fashion industry is kind of ripe for the picking. It's almost like Tesla, uh, you know, Elon Musk recognized that the automotive industry hadn't changed in, in many, many years and decided sure. to change the model. So that's kind of where it came from. When you first maybe decided to do, you know, you wanted to do something, when you first started to, to research the fashion industry, I, I was very interested to, to see what people, you know, not coming from it, look at it from a different lens and, and look at what maybe the history was. And kind of, like you said, sort of the effect on, on the environment is, is pretty substantial. So just like when you were researching, you know, looking into to building something in, in fashion, what were some of those findings that maybe shocked you or, or you just weren't aware of? One of the big ones is the, the stagnation of, of the industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the biggest part of it is the industry itself hasn't changed in 125 years. I mean, the only two major things that have changed in the industry globally is the first one adding e-commerce and the second one is moving mm-hmm. manufacturing from inside the, the country of origin to outside yeah. the country of origin. That's yeah. about it. That's yeah. all they've done. So let's talk a little bit about Baranji and, and sort of what it is, its sort of mission and its vision. There's a lot of really interesting things here that I think you're building and want to build and want to accomplish with this, but give us sort of an overall, you know, vision board of, of what this platform form is. So it is a social media platform um, in its raw state. Essentially think about it as somewhat of a combination of like a Kickstarter slash Indiegogo uh, with some American Idol slash X Factor and some Instagram and then dating apps kind of all mixed in. The reason why we did this is if you're going to become truly sustainable, you also have to be engaging. You know, the areas of, of focus for the fashion industry predominantly are teenagers, uh, young adults to 30, 40 somethings. And that's that's really the main focus. If you're going to attract that market, you have to be engaging. So what we essentially did was build a social media platform that has aspects of voting to it, 
has aspects of pre-buy to it, has aspects of an unboxing experience. It also has what I really kind of consider this to be more of a dating app feel because when you vote, you swipe left or swipe right. Very natural thing for a lot of people these days. And, and then really it's just um, trying to keep the attention and build the relationship between a designer and the community. And that's the big part. I don't think right now you wear any clothes today and say, I know a lot about the person who designed this particular article, article of clothing that I'm wearing. You just don't know. That's a really interesting angle to this as well is it's kind of putting the artist and designer first and kind of having almost like, you know, like you say, fashion direct to consumer, it's almost going direct to designer and kind of having that relationship with them and seeing what they are imagining producing. And you kind of get to see it first. And I think where I like the idea of this is that you're, you're sort of not making things just to make it right. And hopefully that it, it sells. And then you have all this excess stuff that, you know, goes in landfills or ends up in the ocean. It's sort of, it's sort of made not in bulk. It's sort of made for consumers who who want this. And it's made in these sort of small batches. It seems like, is that sort of the idea is, is less around like huge, huge, huge fast fashion quantity and really narrowing it down to like specific small batch stuff from designers that people love and people vote on and people get to know. Yeah, it really is. So, and to your point, the amount of garments that are made per year in the fashion industry- It's so are, crazy. Yeah, it's 150 billion garments are made per year. And 30% of those garments are never sold or worn. So you're, you're looking at, you know, right around 50 billion garments are never sold. So where do those end up? Landfills. Yeah. A lot of- uh, uh, fashion companies also get in trouble because they don't want to have their brands tainted. So they actually incinerate them. So there are a couple of major, major uh, fashion brands over the last couple of years who've gotten in a lot of trouble for insinuated, incinerating mm -hmm. um, yep. their, their yep. fashion pieces so they wouldn't make it to secondary markets. They don't want them to get to the, to the yep. you know, all, all those Kohl's and TJ Maxx's and all those other things out there. So yeah, that's a, that's a big challenge. So you're absolutely right. The focus is on micro batch, but mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the goal here is we're going to have uh, somewhere between uh, 15 and 30 new items up for vote every month. Mm -hmm. And from that vote, uh, we then, and we do this all in 3D also. So th that's also really important because the, the cost of doing a sample is crazy. And the amount of effort yeah. and waste that's associated with a sample is, is pretty bad too. So by using 3D uh, clothing, uh, not only do we kind of have that NFT feel that everybody's kind of going with <laughs> yeah. right now, yeah. but, uh, but also we have no waste. So it also makes it a lot faster to get uh, to get turned around. People can take a look at those items. And then the only things that go to a sample are the ones that are ultimately going to be manufactured. And at that point, if you are a, if you have voted on that particular item, you have the option to pre-buy it, but that kind of also encourages things. So I know you're originally from the States, but uh, you know, hopefully you kind of remember American Idol a long time ago, there were people <laughs> from 4chan and whatever who were screwing with the results yes. and were basically saying, boy, this, this guy is awful. I want to see if I can get him to the number one slot by the end of it. And what we want to do is encourage positive votes. So the only way you can do that is by having a reward. And that reward is getting access to the garments early. So the only things that you can actually pre-buy and get uh, access to before anybody else are the ones that you vote on. And it also has an unboxing experience. It also has a unique logo to it. So there's some additional elements of, of excitement there that you know, people generally also get when they do fast fashion. I know you guys talk about that. I was just listening to a podcast yeah. that you were doing with another gentleman about fast fashion who was 
talking about how he goes into people's closets and, and helps them uh, rebuild everything. You know, it's that it's that euphoria that people get really excited about when they get new clothes. So we feel like you can do the same thing in this type of model, but you have to come at it a different way. And, and I can attest to a little bit of this in my former life. I did like a, uh, I designed like, I had like a small fashion brand for like a year and I made it and I looked at like uh, polo shirts, right? Like the collar, like the button. I was like, one thing that another thing that hasn't changed in a hundred years, right? Is sort of the classic polo shirt, which I, I like and I love, right? But I was like, they were, you know, making it so much bulk and like their system was so, I was like, I wanted to make small batch polo, equivalent to a polo shirt, right? Button up with a collar, short sleeve with the with the rim sleeves and stuff like that, right? And I was like, oh, this will be, you know, I knew it wouldn't be easy, right? But it was, it was such a struggle, right? And it, it took me so long. It took a lot of money to do it, to get, you know, the samples made, even get the design draws up, get the materials. Like, I think another facet of this is really interesting is that you're going to enable a lot more designers to do things the right way early on learn early on from your platform, let them get an idea of, hey, you think you want to be a fashion designer, but like, here's what it takes. It's actually really hard. It's a lot of work, a lot of time that goes into it. I also love the aspect of this, where it's it's educational from onboarding more entrepreneurs, parallel being fashion designers. So that that's also a takeaway from this that I know we had talked about before, is sort of working with designers, possibly working with universities and fashion institutes to try to get early stage fashion designers to understand what it takes. Talk a little bit about that for a second. Yeah, so that you're absolutely right. One of the biggest challenges that young fashion designers have, so we're, we're based out of Atlanta. I'm originally from the, from the Midwest, but I've been a transplant into Atlanta now for 21, 22 years. Project Runway, we've had, we have two different designers who are based here that one Project Runway uh, a number of years ago. And I, I travel in some of the same circles as one of them. And both of them uh, had great careers at the beginning uh, after Project Runway. And they started the, these companies and got a million dollars. And and both of them now, from what I understand, no longer have their, no longer have their companies and are, are working independent because they, 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 it just kind of fizzled out. Sure. And it's, and it's because designers are notoriously bad business people. It's mm. left brain versus left brain versus sure. right brain. I'm a pretty decent uh, entrepreneur, but that's because I can't put on clothes to save my life. I'm trying to get better <laughs> using our company here. But uh, I mean, that's ultimately one of my selfish goals is I want to, I want to look a little bit cooler, you know? So, uh, but, but ultimately, yeah, you're absolutely right. So we're, we're starting to partner with some universities here. Uh, specifically, we have three of them that we're partnering with and, and they're in a, a number of different facets. One of them actually wants us to be part of their curriculum for their rising juniors and seniors. Love it. Uh, Love it. Yeah. So that's really fun. So we can, we kind of help them out there. Then we also, are working with another one where we're working with the undergrads uh, who are you know just starting out first first second uh, year of their of their uh, education teaching them the fine points a, a lot of them don't knew know very specific things like uh, you know building tech packs which are you know yeah. basically the blueprint of their and they'll do it once or twice and then they'll forget about it um, and those things are really really important so I, I think what we also enable because we bring on people who are uh, either completely through their their education and are uh, budgeting uh, designers. We have some that are still in school. Uh, we have some that do not have uh, any background in design, but are extremely talented. And we're, you know, helping them. It's not just helping them in the design side, but we're introducing them to accountants, introducing them to lawyers, because if they're going to be successful, that's kind of what our goal is long term is uh, if we're going to try to really change the industry and the industry 
right now, according to the what we just saw from WWD, which is pretty much the fashion Bible, they, they have said that of all the 37 major uh, fashion brands out there, not a single one of them has taken any significant steps towards yeah. sustainability and are seven to eight years away. If we're going to try to change that, it's clearly not coming top down. So the yeah. only way you can do that is by teaching the designers of the future, the fashion leaders of the future, and teach them to push from the ground up. So that's what our goal is, is to really be uh, that trickle up uh, instead of trickle down kind of uh, methodology. Yeah, it's such a great advantage for these young designers too to come in and, and say, hey, we're doing it differently than big, big brands that everybody knows and everybody may enjoy or like. But if you dig a little, you don't even have to dig that deep. <laughs> you know, you just do a couple of Google searches. The fashion industry gets a little nasty. And, and a lot of, I think, our favorite brands or people's favorite brands, you know, wouldn't be that. They wouldn't be their favorites if, if they kind of understood how they create product, like you said, how they burn things, how, you know, their environmental uh, and their pollution with carbon emissions is is immense. I think it's, it's the second, I mean, I think this was two years ago, but it's the second biggest polluting industry behind oil, right? So it's, it's, it's really something that not only needs to be changed from structural side, like teaching students early on how to do certain things, but also just from supply chain side, production side manufacturing materials is, is a really interesting aspect of all of this. All the innovation in materials, I think, is really, really cool. So enabling and introducing these new designers to like, hey, you can make this out of plastic waste now, or you can use mycelium mushrooms to make an alternative to leather. I think teaching these designers so early on to make these, you know, interesting could be even one of one products, right? Where you get sort of that NFT aspect feel to it. I think it's such a powerful thing to develop these new age designers with all of this stuff that they have at their disposal, put it in one place and say, hey, this is the platform we can we can build you into to an actual professional fashion designer that has a business side to it. I think that that's the really, really interesting part of this. Yeah. And the challenge really is just the just designers in general are are really have it very difficult. So yeah. on average, yeah. on average in the UK, you're looking at just under 10% of uh, people with the fashion design degrees actually are placed as designers uh, in the US. It's far worse. Mm -hmm. And while 85 to 90%, depending on how you look at the data, do get jobs, about 50% of them are not even in fashion at all. So <laughs> You know that that's our goal here is to try to be able to take all the all the younger professionals and and you know the people who just never got their shots teach them how to to run a company teach them how to really use use capitalism uh, capitalism which you know a lot of people use as, as a as a negative but no matter what capitalism can be used for good oh yeah and and if you can actually say well the community really loves this particular item or these particular three items that are in your portfolio you need to do more of that. That's great feedback and that will really increase your capacity and your ability to, to design and be successful. So it's that because really fashion in and of itself, when you're doing design, you're doing it mostly for yourself. So this is a great way of kind of involving the community from the from the beginning. And that's what the whole goal of the platform is. Start from scratch. Your very first design, you can get feedback on uh, from from the community. And then as it progresses, it also teaches the community at large what fashion is, how hard it is, what's required from it. And when you have that relationship, for one, you build that relationship with a designer. And for two, it's really hard to get rid of an item of clothing if there's a story behind it. And you have a relationship with it, a personal relationship. Such a good point. I'm so jealous of all these tools that these young these young bucks have at their disposal. <laughs> 
we're always it's, looking, uh, man. We're always man, looking. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your background as, you know, being inside of a lot of businesses, scaling things, being niche, B2B, B2C. I think you've had, you know, touch points in a lot of different areas as just, you know, being in the business world for so long. What are some of maybe the, the traits that you're going to take over to Baranji and, and really help scale this thing? Like, what are the things you've learned over the years that I think are going to help you, you know, in this new venture? So Berenji is really kind of more of a passion project for, for, for me and has been for over six years. So this, this wow. idea is about six, six Great. and a half years old. Um, I started two other companies really to help give us the funding to be able to continue because those, those yep. companies are much more quick burn, um, yep. you know, ramp up quickly types of companies, uh, both in the medical industry, you know, doing something like this fashion takes a while. And yeah. especially if you're starting a platform that is social media related, it's going to take a while for people to know who we are. And, yep. um, and we're going to be learning throughout this entire process. So it does take a while. So really, I think the entrepreneurship part of it is uh, my first company was extremely successful uh, early on. So I got very lucky. Uh, I was in, I've been in medical sales now for a long time, just focused on that area. Uh, obviously due to COVID, we, we uh, have done well and continue to supply a lot of hospitals and state agencies uh, across the U.S. You know, I, I think what we also learned, because there's really, a lot of people don't realize this, but there's very little difference between medical and fashion, same supply chains, Hmm. Uh, a, a lot of the companies Great in the point. U.S. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the companies in the U.S. who who were struggling in manufacturing for fashion because they were, uh, for the most part, struggling because you'd only had two busy seasons in the entire year, ended up going into medical, uh, hmm. doing linens, doing gowns, right. doing lots right. of uh, these other things. So they're, they're closely tied. Absolutely. Masks are huge. I want to talk a little bit about you know, the future and sort of goals, I know those can be difficult sometimes to to project out, you know, years or so. But as you look sort of like maybe three to five years down the line, what does success look like? I'm a pretty big dreamer, Grant. You, you kind of have to be, to, be, to be an entrepreneur. So, um, you know, my goal has, has been, and I tell this to all of our designers, right, right now we have uh, 18 designers that are on the platform already. Uh, but really my goal is, to help change the industry. I, I, mm -hmm. I have four kids, uh, one's 20 and the rest are teenagers. And I mean, in Atlanta alone, we have three or four golf courses that are actually built on landfills. And just thinking about wow. how much, yeah, right? So um, and just thinking about how how much the clothing industry contributes to landfills is, is a scary thing for me. I mean, I think really, if you can change the industry, people continue to talk about recycling and I'm a big recycler, but if you can change the fashion industry, even 20, 30%, yep, that'll yep. do better than us all recycling. Absolutely. I will say the real success though is, and this is what I tell all our designers, is I hope we're at all at a, an industry function in five or 10 years and we all see each other, give each other hugs, uh, cheers each other uh, for, for their successes and really have decided that, you know, we really are successful because we've all started to follow this uh, model of sustainability uh, have started to develop the right way uh, in the industry and have started to really change the industry. That's really the, the the ultimate goal. That may sound a little bit corny, but you know, a lot of entrepreneurs 
you know, gauge everything by by revenue. Revenue comes if, if as long as you can service uh, your your uh, your public. As long as you and and for us, we really have two publics. We have we have uh, two customers really, and that first one is is the designer, and the second one is our community. So we want the community to really understand uh, the nature of of uh, the industry and really get heavily involved and get excited by it. And we want the designers to get uh, a ton of followers. So in a year or two, they can say, you know what, we're done with uh, Berenji and we're ready to move on and start our own brand uh, and get under get out from underneath the Berenji umbrella. And, and that's great. I encourage that to so happen cool. as quickly yeah. as possible because hopefully yeah. we'll have 50 designers behind each one of those designers who leave. Yep. No, that's really interesting. Really interesting. You mentioned you had a, a, a 20 year old. Talk to her about this. Like, like you said, you don't necessarily have to be in fashion to kind of like have an input right? Because we're all affected by it. You know, we all we all are consumers at a certain level. But do you talk to do you talk to her about this? Do you get, try to get her feedback? Because I mean, she's kind of the generation that you're speaking to, right? Like that sort of age group is, you know, exactly who you want to, you know, be designers, right? It's, what's the conversations like with her? Do y'all, do y'all chat about the platform at all? And what you think could work? I actually talked to all four of my kids about it. Uh, we want to get <laughs> feedback on all the designs that we have, you know, which ones are I mean, because ultimately the designers themselves combined with the community determine who we become as a company. I'm always getting feedback from my kids. Uh, my oldest has actually got a great business mind and she is uh, always asking questions about, uh, about about how we do things. And, and she, you know, wants to be involved. I've got, you know, um, my two other daughters who are very much more fashion focused than my oldest. And they're continually asking questions uh, and what we're doing. And every time we have new designers coming in, they want to show up at the office and and uh, get introduced to any designers that are coming into the office and learn about it. Whatever. <laughs> so it, it's it's absolutely a great bonding experience for every one of my kids. And my, my son has gone from uh, who he's the youngest has, has gone from kid who always just wore one color all the time to now he wants to be Mr. Streetwear and he wants to uh, really, he's yeah, getting really yeah. So it's fun. Brian, I, I think it's, it's a really, really interesting take on the future of what we can do for the industry. I think I speak to so many people around, you know, producing the clothes, right. And, and fashion brands and, and companies. And, and from that side of things, what they're doing to try to improve the industry, I think where you're coming in and you're attacking it from a completely different area, which I haven't seen been tapped into yet. And, and, and sort of, sort of the back end preparing designers for where they go in front of customers, they are ready to go. They are sort of prepared. These small batches, I think we see it in every single sector is really, really growing and, and doing these small mid-sized batches for consumers where, you know, it, it's it, when they buy something, it's, it's really interesting because it's almost like becomes an asset, right? When you don't make a lot of things, it's scarce. I think we see it with a lot of different industries now. And I, I just think it's a really interesting take to, to embed technology into this industry, which I don't think it, it really touched yet. I think technology has touched from the material side, from the fabric side and, and creating really innovative technologies. But I think technologies that empower the designers from a really tactical point of view has not really been built yet. 
or been built very well. So really, really interesting stuff, man. I mean, best of luck to you and the team. I appreciate it. I mean, we're, we're really trying to take every angle from this. I mean, you know, one of the one of the big ones that is exciting for us is while we are attacking the front end uh, for the most part and really trying to uh, eliminate waste from the front end, we're also recognizing that we're still not going to be fully, you know, perfect on on our guesses based on the analytics and customer uh, sentiment and that kind of thing. So uh, on the tail end of it, whatever we have left over, we're discounting and then all proceeds go to charity. So that way we can help mm-hmm. out on the back end as well. And then we're we're also really excited about another uh, idea that we're working on too, which is since there are 50 billion garments that are not sold per year, mm-hmm. we're trying to rescue a bunch of those and have the 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 designers uh, modify. So we're yeah. calling that wholesale upcycling. So uh, we're really excited about you know every aspect of the things that we're trying to do that that make uh, the industry different. Not just say, well, sustainability only comes from the front end during development. It's also trying to rescue garments from ever hitting landfills. So you, you kind of have to do some of that stuff. And and it, we're we're just really excited about the, the future here, and and hope to find a lot more designers and and get a lot of people on the platform so they'll get really invested. Before we sign off, how can designers get early access to the platform? Just go to the website and sort of apply. All you have to do right now is go to Berenji, which we were doing it the Americanized version. So Berenji is actually uh, the discoverer of the lowland mountain uh, gorilla. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the silverback gorilla. And we kind of use that as for strength and for community and environment. So uh, it is spelled a little bit differently than what you would expect, but it's actually uh, the German one that is their scientific ah. name. So it's, so it's B-E-R. I-N-G-E-I clothing.com. So that's Berenji, B-E-R-I-N-G-E-I clothing.com. Appreciate your time. Again, best of luck to, to you and the team. We'll link to everything in, in the show notes and uh, excited for you to get started, man. I think it's gonna be really interesting. Okay, well, appreciate the time, Grant. Have a good one.